Welcome to the Gems of Jupiter podcast. I'm your host, Najibi Yasmina, and I believe that holistic learning is an essential part of life. I love to discuss self-development, expanding one's consciousness, and purpose-driven living. Each episode is meant to drop a gem, or a few, that inspire you to live a life based in your own unique truth. I'm going to speak when I'm spoken to. How about I speak when I choose? I don't care if you're the president, I'm going to speak my views. I won't be what you want. I won't be what you ask. How about some of you ladies show your real face because I've already ripped off my mask. This week, I want to discuss a topic that I've been ruminating on for a while. And I've actually been having a lot of discussions with various people in my life about this topic. And this episode is titled Embracing the Enigma. And I thought it was very fitting for the topic of the episode because I want to discuss the dynamic nature of being a human being what that entails and how that has shown up for me and how it can be so beautiful, so empowering, so liberating to own all the multifaceted, versatile ways that you exist, but also how often that can be seen as threatening and how often that can be seen as arrogant to many people that don't understand it because they haven't accepted their own dynamic nature. I find that growing up and living in a society that is so rigid at times and so structured and has so many constructs can make it very difficult to honor the various aspects of yourself because you're always faced with the reality of who you are paired up against a perception of who you should be. And I've experienced this firsthand. I'll say that I've always known from a very young age that there was a certain je ne sais quoi about me, if you will. That I was very vibrant. I was very energetic. I knew a lot about a lot of different things because I love to learn and I love to immerse myself in experiences. And so it has allowed me to connect with a lot of people from all walks of life. It has allowed me to be in a lot of different environments and situations. And it has allowed me to really tap into different aspects and facets of my personality that I believe are responsible for my growth and overall expansion. And now being the woman that I am, I see the benefit. I see the power. I see the responsibility in that. But when I was younger, there was so much cognitive dissonance that would occur because I recognized I was so many things all at once, yet I was navigating a world that was trying to tell me I should only be one or the other. And especially, not just as a human, but as a woman, as a Black woman, there are so many stereotypes of how you should operate. So many cautionary tales of why you should operate a certain way because if you operate outside of a certain way, you'll get treated differently or you may not have certain access to opportunities. And those messages can cause a lot of chaos internally because I would find that 
when I was younger, I would try to suppress certain parts of my personality or I would try to shift according to who I was around and what I was doing. And I thought that was me adapting. I thought that was me being flexible. I didn't realize until later that that was me playing small. That was actually me shrinking myself. That was me trying to be palatable to people. Many times people that were not my people or people that didn't really see the totality and the fullness of who I was. And it took a long time. It took many years of work and introspection and consequence and hurt to recognize that when I try to shrink myself, when I try to be something other than who I am, or I try to pretend that I am not something that I am, it causes me a lot of harm. And it's not worth the disconnect from yourself and from source that you feel. Because I understand, trust me when I say that I understand why we all put on different masks, why we all limit different aspects of ourselves, because a lot of the time, and especially if you're a person of color, it's a means of survival. Because we are aware that being our full selves in certain spaces could mean that some harm comes to us or that there's some kind of consequence. But it is really important. And what I'm trying to stress in this episode is how important it is that we counteract that. Because throughout this episode, well, throughout this season, I've talked a lot about resistance, acts of resistance. I've had guests who have talked about the ways that they have pushed back against conventional narratives and how they've been able to operate in ways that feel true and authentic. So I think it's really important that I reiterate resistance can be hard, especially when it's the external world that's trying to tell you you shouldn't resist, but resistance is necessary because I say this all the time, we have one life. I am living one life. I don't know if I'll get to do this again. There are those of us who believe in reincarnation. Some of us don't. But in the technical sense of life and humanity, I have one life. And if I am living a life that is disconnected from who I am, what life am I living? Am I even living? So I look at that as kind of a guiding point of how I operate. And I recognize that not everybody is operating from that place. And I also recognize that not everybody is comfortable when they're faced with somebody who's operating from that place. Because I spoke earlier that I have met resistance. I have met the quote-unquote people thinking I'm intimidating. And people not understanding me because I do operate in my fullness. And I think that before I became more aware of the fact that all of us are just doing the best and operating the best way that we know how with the information we have, I used to take it very personally because I thought to myself, why don't you understand? Why don't you want to understand? Why are you a sheep, I guess? You know, that, that's being thrown around a lot these days because there's a whole bunch of stuff happening in the world. But why aren't you more conscious? Why aren't you more aware? Why aren't you more empowered? But in doing that, it 
placed more of the focus on the person and more of my energy on the person than the fact that, hey, what I'm doing might be triggering, but it doesn't matter because if this person is triggered, then maybe that person is just not for me and I'm not for them. And being able to recognize that that's okay and that that's going to happen often. I have lived a life where the people that are in my life, I love and are near and dear to me and are close to me. But because of how I operate as a person, I don't have a lot of people, close people in my life. Because I've also recognized that the more you walk in your truth, the more you walk in your light, no matter how bright it is, there are very few people that will be able to sit and bask in that light. And there are going to be people who will try to snuff the light out. I've spoken so much on this podcast about the circle you surround yourself with, the friends that you have, the feedback loop that you engage with, because all of these things play into owning all the facets of who you are. I say this all the time to the people in my life. I am everything all the time. One of my favorite quotes is a Maya Angelou quote that says, I am human, therefore nothing is foreign to me. And I really embrace that sentiment because that's how I've navigated my life. And in navigating that, my life that way, I've been able to operate from a more compassionate place, a less judgmental place, not only with others, but with myself. Because there were times in my life where I would get frustrated, like, why are you like this? Why are you, for example, so smart and educated, but you love to turn up to trap music, you love to dance? And it sounds silly, but how do those things exist? Because I'm so used to people seeing me as one way. They see me externally, they make certain assumptions. Then maybe they hear me speak or they see me in a professional setting and they make different assumptions. Or maybe they see me out or they meet me on vacation and they make different assumptions. Not recognizing that all of these things encompass who I am. These are not isolated pieces of me or performative pieces of me. These are all pieces of me. And I've had to do a lot of work to not feel bad for that. And I've had to really, truly cling tight to the fact that I should not feel bad for that. Because as confident as I am, as strong as I am, I'm a human. Hearing feedback from people or opinion from people that may not be the nicest or may not align with my truth, it hurts. And I've spoken to feedback before in the sense that it's important to take it, but it's also important to recognize when feedback is misdirected and when it's coming from someone who doesn't understand you. Because again, when people interact with other people, they're coming from their perspective, from their vantage point, from their environment of what they view something to be. So it could be well-intentioned, but it could actually be feedback that is harmful. It could be feedback that is distracting. It could be feedback that isn't necessarily rooted in your truth. So it's important to be able to filter that out. And I think that when it comes to embracing the multifaceted aspects of who you are, it's important to remember that these things will also shift. Humans are not static. We are ever growing. We are ever evolving. And our opinions and thought processes will change. And that's something I've had to contend with too because the way that I think about things now at 29 is not how I thought about things at 21. And also the aspects of myself, how they manifested themselves at 21 is not how they manifested themselves now at 29. And honoring that space and recognizing that 
earlier me, younger me, more immature me needed to experience and live my truth in life that way to get to the point that I am now. Because I've said this before, the woman that I am today cannot be fucked with. The woman that I am today cannot be fucked with because she's grounded in a way that is different than I've ever experienced. Grounded in a way where I'm really owning the allure of me, the mystery, the sensuality, the intelligence, the spirituality, the compassionate, kind, energetic, exciting, vibrant part of myself. And it's so grounding because I'm able to know that everything that's coming into my life is a reflection of those frequencies. And everything that's coming into my life is meant to be in my life. And anything that leaves is meant to leave. But all these realizations came from recognizing I have to make space for every single aspect of myself. And I cannot start to quadrant off, silo off who I am to pacify other people or to delude myself into thinking that that's what I need to do. Society, the world that we live in, it is real, right? It's our material conditions. It's our everyday day-to-day. But it also, too, is a lot of perception. And a lot of what we think to be true is enforced and not necessarily valid. So those check-ins with self about who you are, how you operate, how you're going to move, why you move the way you do, and being able to really do that unapologetically, that's one of the keys to mastering authenticity. And don't get me wrong, I'm no expert. I'm not going to say that I have authenticity figured out in the sense that I could teach a master class. But what I do know is that when you interact with me, when you meet me, say what you will, good or bad. But one thing you can say is that I am me always. I can't be anything else. I don't want to be anything else. And I think that owning that is so important too, because we're so often told in society, love yourself, be yourself. But then in the same token, you're hit with the message of not like that or not that way or not that loudly. You can't buy into that. And especially me being a black woman, black women, we can't buy into that. Us doing that disempowers us in so many ways, financially, spiritually, mentally. Sometimes it even costs us our lives. We have to be able to say, I am all of the things and I don't care if you don't like it. And when you do that, you'll be able to just let people do them. That's another thing that was crucial is the more that I let me do me, the more I was unbothered about what other people had going on, the less that I watched what other people had going on. Me and my sister always have this conversation where we say that we are so obsessed with ourselves and our lives that we don't have time to focus or talk about other things. Literally, every time me and my sister have a conversation, it's about what we got going on, what we're about to do, what we may be doing together. It's not rooted in why is she doing this? Why are they doing that? Why do they move like this? And I've said this in a, a previous episodes before. When I see people who move in their truth, who are in their walk, it is so inspiring to me because I see myself as someone like that. So when I am around people that give me that same kind of energy and I see that kind of vibe, it makes me just want to lean more into who I am. It doesn't make me want to be them. It doesn't make me want to humble them. It just makes me want to tap deeper into the person that I am, the woman that I am, so that I'm able to be my best self and that I'm able to execute. And I think that allowing yourself to match and seek vibrations that resonate with 
how you move in life and how you see yourself is crucial as well. When you're playing small and putting yourself in spaces that are not for you, you always know. I've always known. Whether it was a work environment, a friend group, whether I was even having a conversation that was forced or fake because I was trying to fit myself into some kind of square little box that I thought was how I should be, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't resonate and it's not right ultimately. The more I stopped doing that, the easier it became for me to source out where I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to be doing, who I'm supposed to be with. And also understanding that just because my life looked different than another person or just because I have maybe an unconventional path doesn't mean it's wrong. Because I will say something that I've seen as a running theme through my life is my path has not been conventional at all. The way that I operate, the way that I do things, there are many people that would be like, I wouldn't do that. I think that's too risky. I don't believe in that. But every single thing that I have done up until this point has gotten me exactly where I needed to be. So obviously there is something that I'm doing right for my life. And that's why on this podcast, I always say, I don't want to tell people do this, 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 and this, or if you do this, this, and this, you'll become this. The whole point of having this podcast is to let people know, remind people that you are your best advocate. You are your best inspiration. You are your ultimate source of authenticity. That should always be who you come back to. Am I my biggest fan? Am I inspired by who I am as a person? When I look in the mirror, do I feel confident? Do I feel beautiful? Do I feel powerful? Do I feel ready for what comes next? So much of life teaches us to defer to other people, to get opinions from other people, to look to other people as the blueprint for what we need to be doing in our life. But that's not going to take you to your true purpose. And a lot of time it takes you off the path. But what matters is not that you get off the path because we're all going to get off the path. What matters more is how you circle back to that. And so when you embrace the parts of you, the enigma of who you are, because I can be confusing to myself. There are times that I wake up and there are parts of myself that I meet that I'm like, wow, I didn't know that bitch existed. But hey, nice to meet you. Let's get acquainted. Good and bad. Because when I know both those sides, I know how to move forward and I know where my strengths lie, where my weaknesses lie, and I'm able to do my own course correction and my own checks for myself. And because of that, because of that check-in with self, because of that self-accountability, I'm not looking so much for external validation, external feedback. I've, I've been told before, like when I take a compliment, I'm very direct in saying thank you, of course, or I know, because I do know. And I've told friends before, when someone tells you something about yourself that you know to be true, it's not a surprise. If someone was to tell me I'm smart, it's not, oh, really? You think so? I know I'm smart. I know that. And I should be able to say I know that. And I should be able to claim that. There is a concerted effort, as I spoke to a little bit earlier, to promote people to lift themselves up, but then at the same time, a very concerted effort to humble people and bring them back down. And depending on the intersections you hold in life, you're going to encounter those every day and you're going to have to combat them every day. And how you do that is going to be dependent, obviously, on situation, circumstance, all of those things. But it's important to do that because we only have one life. What kind of life you live, what kind of purpose you feel, the kind of joy you get from this human experience you're having is going to be contingent on how deeply tapped into the source of who you are. How purposeful you feel is going to be tied back to how directly connected you feel to the source of who you are. A lot of my healing, a lot of my understanding of self has 
been about coming back to self, coming back to my essence, coming back to my core, unearthing things about myself that may be surprising, but we're always there. But just years of patterning, years of conditioning, years of people pleasing sequestered all that. It pushed it all down. And it's funny even when I think of people pleasing, because I used to never think of myself as a people pleaser, because I've always been very assertive, direct. No is one of my favorite words. I think it's such an empowering word. But I look at some of my interpersonal relationships and definitely people pleasing was at the core because I didn't want to rock the boat too much. Or I would do the shape shifting. You don't like this aspect of my personality. I'm going to tailor it down. You don't think I should be doing this. Then maybe I'm just not going to let you know that I do that because it will make the dynamic that we have better or so I thought. But all of those things is a form of people pleasing because a lot of us think people pleasing is, oh, yes, I'm just going to be a yes man all the time. But people pleasing can really be the way that you shape shift to the point that you don't recognize yourself. And at this point in my life I'm at now, the age I'm at in my life now, I don't have the time or energy for that. I don't have the capacity for that. And I don't have the capacity to be around people who want that, who need that. And some people do need that. Some people do need to be around people that they feel that they can humble. Some people seek out people with bright lights and big energy and dynamic personalities because they want to humble them. They want to make them feel less than because they are a person that hasn't tapped into their own light and their own dynamic nature. And therefore, they're seeing you as a threat or you as a trigger to the life that they're living that may be stagnant, may be less exciting, may not be purposeful. You have to look out for those energy vampires. So much talk on social media about energy vampires. It's a real thing. People will enter your life off of good intention. People will also enter your life because they're addicted or they're drawn to that energy. But be mindful of those who don't know what to do with it. I had a therapist a while ago who told me that in future, when it comes to whoever I end up partnered with, the man that I end up with, she said that, and I'll never forget because it was really simple, but it was a very profound analogy that I need to be with somebody who knows how to dance with fire. I can't be with somebody who wants to sit by the fire just to keep warm. I can't be with somebody that wants to collect the fire in a jar and take it home. I need to be with somebody that actually can dance with the fire, immerse themselves in the fire, and not try to put it out. And that always stuck with me because that was one therapy session where I really felt seen. And she didn't tell me to dim my light. She didn't tell me to alter my personhood. She just told me that you need to find your equal. And so I say to all of you, as you navigate this life and you're experiencing more and more of the dynamic nature of who you are and how you operate and you're learning more about yourself, go where you are celebrated. Go where you are understood. Go where you are amplified. Don't go. And if you do go, don't stay in situations and circumstances and around people or absorb ideas that are limiting, that are harmful, that are trying to box you in and box you out. Go where it feels like home because we all have intuition and our intuition is that calm, reassuring voice of this is or this isn't for me. 
And that's going to be the guiding test for you if you're operating your truth. So many people want to know, how do you know if you're operating your truth? How do you know? You always know. We know ourselves deeper than anyone else. I, as myself, when I'm alone by myself, I know my truth. And I know in the morning when I step outside my house, if I'm walking in my truth or not. So align yourself first and foremost with yourself. Honor the different aspects of who you are. Good, bad, in between, wild, crazy, smart, sensual, rude, chaotic, whatever it is. Understand them. Recognize the way that they merge. Honor them because that's the human experience that you're having and that's the human experience that takes you where you need to go. Your own unique path, your own unique blueprint, your own unique story and journey. Doesn't have to look like anyone else's and it doesn't have to be tailored or shifted or shaped according to someone else's narrative or even the dominant narrative. And it can be hard and it will be hard to operate in this way. And you won't always succeed. I don't always succeed. But the point is, are you more often than not walking in your truth? And when you find yourself outside of that, do you come back to self? That's what the message is that I want to leave with you. Remember who you are. Own who you are. Don't be ashamed. Don't try to be what you're not. Simply put, don't try to be what you're not because ultimately we can't succeed when we do that. We won't succeed when we do that. It's just not sustainable. So the last thing that I'll say is know yourself. Don't let people play you. Embrace the enigma of who you are. All colors, all shades, all ranges of how it shows up and manifests. And do your thing. Because life is long, but it's also really short. And we only have one life to live. To close out the episode, I'd like to leave you with two questions for reflection. The first is, in what ways have I played small, discounting the multifaceted aspects of my being? And the second question is, how do I take my power back so that I can show up in my fullest and most authentic self? Also, an affirmation for the week. I am who I am who I am in all forms, in all shapes, in all seasons, unapologetically. Peace and blessings, and I'll see you next Thursday. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe to Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also check out the episode description box to send a comment, question, or a love note to the Gems of Jupiter directly. I appreciate your support, and I'll see you next week.